Hey there, Mad Nighters. Welcome to our third episode of uh, Mad Nights. Um, more likely our sixth season, episode three, because it took us six seasons for us to get our act together and start recording this as a podcast. Um, uh, so uh, just really quickly, Mad Nights. Um, Mad stands for marketing and design. Uh, the reason you're here is because you want to uh, learn uh, to be better at your craft, uh, that being marketing, design, marketing and design, or pretty much anything we do in the greater fields of marketing and design uh, for our clients. And uh, you want to learn by hearing stories, uh, thoughts, and experiences shared by other marketers and designers working in your field. There are a couple of basic threads that you'll find in this podcast. One uh, we're calling Mad Nights, which are um, uh, conversations uh, that we're having with marketers and designers working in smaller markets like the one that I currently uh, live and work in, Kelowna, British Columbia, Canada, and where Mad Nights comes from. And uh, conversations that we're having uh, with uh, marketers and designers working in larger markets uh, that we're calling um, uh, Mad Nights Big City. So I hope you'll you'll look for those uh, those podcast episodes when they uh, when they become available. A couple of housekeeping items before we get started. Um, I want to send a special uh, shout out to um, uh, to Chris Arledge. Uh, you can look him up at uh, chrisarledge.com. Uh, Chris was kind enough to uh, to help us with uh, our logo and uh, our branding and our website. And uh, also want to uh, send a shout out to uh, Graham Marshall. Uh, you can learn more about him at grmcreatives.com. He came up with uh, the cool tunes that you heard off the uh, the top of uh, of this episode. Uh, as always, I, I want to thank Cheeky Monkey Media uh, for all they do to support Mad Nights and, uh, and what we're trying to do. Uh, you can learn more about them at uh, cheekymonkeymedia.ca. And uh, this, uh, this episode was recorded live at uh, the Colab in uh, Kelowna. Uh, I want to thank uh, Shane Austin for, uh, for putting us up for this event. And you can learn more about uh, the Colab at okcolab.com. Let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, what we're going to be getting into today. So uh, this episode was actually recorded uh, April the 4th, 2018, and uh, it came from, uh, from a lot of us seeing uh, big investments by organizations like Big Commerce, uh, Shopify, uh, you know, technologies uh, like, like these organizations um, just uh, uh, experiencing massive growth. Uh, and uh, investing a lot of resources around Facebook advertising. Uh, also learning that uh, spending on Facebook has increased uh, by 74% uh, over the past uh, couple of years. Um, and uh, the, the, the cost of actually um, advertising on that platform has also increased by about 12%, probably due to demand. And, um, uh, you know, it's just important that uh, when we're working with our clients in, uh, in, 
in you know whatever field of expertise that they may be in uh, that uh, we all know a little bit more about uh, this beast Facebook and how um, you know how we can have high level at least high level conversations with our clients about how they can how they can benefit from the platform if the platform is in fact good for them. So uh, we've, uh, we're, we're very um, uh, thankful to have uh, two very bright young ladies um, uh, presenting uh, some information on their experience and what they're doing uh, with Facebook. And, uh, and just uh, giving us uh, some, some hints and tips of how we can get started, uh, have conversations with our clients, and, uh, and, and be more educated on the platform. Um, we're going to be joined by Leah Mazur of uh, Loop Digital Marketing and Julia Ufenseff of Adventure Marketing. And they're going to be uh, sharing three key things with us. Um, uh, so we're going to be answering questions like, uh, what are some things that our clients should consider when thinking about advertising on Facebook? What are some things our clients should stay away from uh, when they're advertising on Facebook? And how has the rise of Facebook advertising impacted marketing, advertising, and other fields of expertise in, in the space? Um, uh, really interested in, in that piece, uh, just uh, how it's impacting design and uh, video in particular. So... Uh, we're going to get into this. I'm uh, really excited to uh, to have been part of this conversation. Uh, there's a lot of great stuff shared here, and uh, I hope you get value out of it too. Let's uh, let's get into it. Thanks. So Mad Nights is uh, essentially just a, a meetup where we all um, uh, share our experiences in the trenches of marketing and design. It's almost like a support group, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what we do is uh, uh, can be um, difficult, and uh, there can be a lot of criticism. Uh, there's uh, failures, and there's triumphs, and, um, uh, and, and especially working in a small market like Kelowna, you know, as compared to, like, say, the Torontos, the Calgarys. The New Yorks of the world, you know, we have to we have to do things a little bit differently here, and uh, and I think it's important that we share uh, what we're doing here uh, to make us all do better. Because there's nothing worse than seeing a great client with a great project go out of our region to get marketing and design help. We want to keep that business here, so um, it's it's important for all of us to be at the top of our game in order to do that. And that's what Mad Nights is about. So, um, very excited to uh, have uh, two lovely ladies uh, presenting uh, information on Facebook uh, advertising. 
um, because there's a lot of uh, cool and interesting things happening there. Um, good and bad, I guess, we're going to be talking about. Um, and it's impacting uh, the way uh, we're, we're doing marketing. It's impacting design. It's impacting uh, photography. It's impacting video. Uh, and uh, and so we're gonna we're gonna talk about that because it's all related to you know how we're getting attention on that platform and I guess paying for that attention on that platform. So um, uh, I'm very excited to uh, introduce Julia Yufenzef yeah. <laughs> and Leah Mazer. 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 <laughs> I think she changes it on me every single time. Um, and uh, uh, they're uh, both what I would consider, since they helped me market this thing on, or advertise this thing on <laughs> Facebook, uh, we gave me a crash course while we were, you know, setting it all up. And uh, and uh, um, I think they're just geniuses uh, at what they do, and uh, and they've learned a lot in doing what they do, and they're going to share that with us. So I'm going to pass the floor to you guys, and uh, and let you run with it. So. Leah and Julia. Okay, thanks Dennis. Um, so we're going to be talking today about the power of Facebook advertising. And um, so we're going to talk about why Facebook advertising is so effective, why it's powerful, and then also share a bunch of different strategies in terms of what we find is working best. But before we get into that, I wanted to share a story about a client that Julia and I have both worked on their account. Um, this is a woman named Rose. She is married, she has two kids, she's a stay-at-home mom, and she started a hobby business a few years ago doing scrapbooking. Um, Rose grew her business organically with social media to a few thousand dollars a month in revenue, but she, her income kind of plateaued here and she really wanted to take her business to the next level. Um, Julie and I started working with Rose in October and we did a bunch of testing with her ads, we tested different angles, different platforms, and within about two months, we really um, figured out what worked, and in December, Rose made $50,000 with her Facebook advertising with about a $4,000 ad spend. So this was completely life-changing for her, as you can imagine, and um, we were just like really excited about these results and it really kind of shows the why of why we do what we do. We love to help business owners to really scale up their business and um, create kind of financial freedom for themselves. So obviously these results aren't quite typical from every client, but we find that as long as you've got a good product, a good service, um, you can use Facebook advertising, you can test and figure out what's working and use Facebook advertising to really grow your business. So it is a very powerful platform. Yeah, so this is Leah, I'm Julia, and we have both been in Facebook advertising for the last few years. Uh, we specialize mostly in e-commerce businesses, but we do also have experience in lead generation and course launches. But e-commerce is kind of our, our main thing, so helping people grow businesses online. I'm going to share a few stats about Facebook advertising and how it is actually one of the largest platforms out there. About 93% of marketers use Facebook advertising and that equates to about 3 million businesses online. So for Facebook, that means in the first quarter of 2017, they got $8 billion of ad spend from anyone just trying to create an ad 
and market their products online. So quite an impressive number. Um, when I'm referring to Facebook, we're also going to be referring to uh, Messenger, Instagram, and Audience Network. So even if you don't have a Facebook account, you know, young people, they might not have Facebook, but they'll have an Instagram account. Uh, if you market through Facebook, you can reach people that way as well. Um, Audience Network is actually a pretty cool thing. It's mobile apps and websites that are not Facebook related. It can just be anybody. So even if you are on a mobile app of any sort, you can be targeted through Facebook advertising. So basically, no matter who you're targeting, and it doesn't matter if they have a Facebook account or not, you can reach them through Facebook ads. So the reason why we focus primarily on e-commerce clients is because using the Facebook pixel, we can actually track um, sales and revenue. So when we run a campaign, we can actually see how much we've spent and then how much we actually um, give the client, which is really powerful um, because I remember like six years ago, I was working for a marketing agency and when we'd run billboard campaigns or newspaper campaigns, we could say, we could go to the client and say, okay, maybe this many people might have seen your ad. But now with Facebook advertising, to be able to go back to the client and say to them, this is exactly how much money we've made you, is, is just, it's really powerful. Um, in addition to that, it's kind of like a direct feedback loop that you're getting as you're running ads. You're knowing when you launch something, you know within a few days if it's gonna work or if it's not gonna work. And you can turn off what's not working, you can pivot, you can change, you can do really quick testing and things, um, you can get things optimized and you can iterate on things really quickly. Um, so as Peter Drucker says, what gets measured gets managed. And when you have that kind of really precise measurement and tracking in Facebook advertising, it makes it um, just really powerful and effective. So the main reason that Facebook advertising is so much more effective than other forms of advertising is because of the amount of data that Facebook has on each user. So what does Facebook know about all of us? They know your demographics. Obviously you tell that to Facebook when you create your account. They know your age, gender, where you live. Um, they know your relationships based on who you're friends with, who you're interacting with, who you're talking to. They know your interests based on pages you've liked, based on things you've clicked on, even based on what makes your thumb stop when you're scrolling on your phone. Um, your browsing behaviors, so the majority of websites on the internet um, have a Facebook pixel installed on them now. So Facebook's tracking your user behavior across all of these websites. Um, the Facebook Pixel is also installed on most e-commerce websites like Amazon and eBay. So Facebook knows what you're buying, what industries you're likely to buy in, um, how often you buy in that industry, how much you're spending. They know a lot of information on each user. <coughs> and then they're also able to take this information and use machine learning algorithms to make predictions about users. So, um, for example, if they know that someone with the similar, similar buying patterns and habits like you often buys a certain product, they're going to show you that ads for that product as well because they know you're going to be likely to buy it. So just like the sheer amount of data that Facebook has and the, the, what they're able to learn about it with their algorithms makes Facebook advertising really powerful. So with all this access to data, we have really great 
avail availability to create a, an amazing user experience for anyone who is looking at an ad in their newsfeed. So as advertisers, because of this good targeting, we can actually create really relevant ads to place in front of these people. And with relevant ads, we can create really engaging content. You know, we can make sure that people are clicking and commenting. And um, as an advertiser, that means we get better costs for our ads. We get placed into better auctions. We get placed in front of better audiences. So the more relevant we can make an ad, the better it'll be for, for the consumer. Um, and on the other end, irrelevant ads, you know, where people can hide their ads, that just increases cost for advertisers. So that's where targeting really come, becomes important because we don't want to place ads that are irrelevant to people in front of them. So this seems like a win-win um, with the data that Facebook has. You, the users get a better user experience. Advertisers get more effective advertising. However, as I'm sure a lot of you have been watching the news, um, with great data comes great responsibility. And Facebook has a responsibility to their users to make sure that they're using the data ethically. Um, so has anyone been following kind of the recent news? Has anyone seen what's been going on? Um, so I'll just recap quickly for anyone that uh, hasn't, hasn't heard about the recent controversy. Um, basically there was a researcher named Alexander Kogan and he created a personality app on Facebook that users downloaded to um, take a quiz to see what their personality type was. And then uh, Kogan was taking data from all the users that downloaded the app and then also all of their friends as well. And then they sold this data to a company named Cambridge Analytica, which then used the data to kind of reverse engineer the personality profiles and um, use or launch marketing campaigns that were kind of psychologically manipulative for the purposes of political campaigns like Brexit the and the 2016 US election. So there's a few issues with this. First of all, um, in terms of the developers being able to access this data in the first place. Um, second of all, Facebook had a rule that um, developers weren't allowed to sell this data to a third party, which um, they did, and Facebook didn't do a very good job of enforcing that. Um, and then lastly, I think, the, I think the thing that's the most frightening for people with this is the fact that it was used for political motives. I think that most people are pretty aware that Facebook's using your data to kind of advertise you and sell you things, but when it becomes, um, when they're using it to, um, for political motives, I think there's kind of, it's kind of crossing the line for most people. So this has caused a lot of backlash with Facebook um, in terms of the way that they use their data. Um, so what does this mean for us as advertisers? Uh, Facebook has made some changes to recently to their data policies. So first of all, they've removed partner categories, which is the access to third-party data. So Facebook had partnered with companies like Axiom and large data companies um, to find out, to match that information to Facebook profiles to find out which users were more likely to be in the market for a sports car, for example. Here's a few examples up here. Um, I personally never use a ton of partner um, partner categories data, I use a lot of interest targeting, so it doesn't affect me hugely. Maybe if you are in this industry, it might affect you more, but there's definitely still other ways to use targeting on Facebook. 
Um, and also Facebook's app reviews are on pause. So what this means is if you have a messenger bot or something that you're wanting to launch, it's all of this is on pause. You can't launch anything right now while Facebook reviews and kind of makes um, changes to their data policy. Um, but overall, um, data is showing that uh, the actual people that are actually deleting their Facebook account is not a significant number. And I think this is kind of just, there's a lot of hype right now, but I think it's kind of all going to blow over and things will return to business as usual on Facebook. So how does Facebook advertising impact marketing in general and advertising overall? Well, overall, it makes the whole platform very accessible to business owners, to anyone who wants to make an ad online. It's very easy and very cheap to do so. You have high schoolers who are dropshipping, making tons of money. You have young moms who are turning passion projects into full-time you know, financial backing. And you have more need for other things like graphic designers, web developers, people who are making they're growing their businesses online, so you're going to need people to do that. <clears throat> and then, of course, it's allowing business owners to advertise for themselves. So it's making it very easy and very cheap to do so. And so then what's the difference between boosting posts and advanced targeting? I think this is a big thing that a lot of people question. Well, <clears throat> boosting posts is kind of like an old dinky car where advanced targeting is like a really nice car. You know, you might, like you might go where you want to go with the dinky car, it might take you there, it might get you good results, but the nice car is going to just be so much better. You're going to have way more options and it'll probably just get you more results, like how the results that you want. So, you know, it's, it's nice. Boosting posts is good. It's breaking down barriers for business. It's, um, it's just allowing businesses to not have maybe a, an ads manager and people can do this on their own. So since the organic reach was going down on Facebook on their fan pages, they decided, you know, let's create boosting posts and let people do that for themselves. Um, so everyone can do it. But there's also reasons why you shouldn't do it because you can't really choose ad placements, you can't be specific with your targeting, and you can't choose campaign objectives. So it's basically just going to be a post-engagement campaign. If you want to actually make sales, make a conversion campaign, you know, you can't do that with boosting posts. It's just one or the other. So I think it's better just to be specific, use Facebook's data, and... Uh, Overall, you're not going to be relying on boosting posts to grow your online business. So there's a few things to consider when you're actually going to start planning ads. Um, you're going to be looking at what audiences you want to use. You want to be looking at messaging that you're going to be talking about. You're going to talk about a couple different things. Um, <clears throat> so audiences. This is a big thing. Um, Basically, knowing who you're going to target is going to make your ads so much better. There's a couple different kinds of ad uh, audiences that you can use. I'm going to talk about three specifically. Um, but basically, if you create a specific ad towards a very specific audience, then you're just going to create more relevant ads, and that's just going to be better for you as an advertiser. So the first is going to be, I'm going to talk about a lookalikes audience. 
And a lookalike audience is really cool. It's based off of your email list that you provide Facebook. It's based off of pixel data. It's based off of people who engage with your fan page, with your Instagram. And basically having that source audience is gonna be the, it's gonna be the source audience of what Facebook uses to create a very similar audience that looks like this person. So if you have someone buying dog food and you know this whole purchase list is people buying dog food, they're gonna create a cold audience from this lookalike audience and bring it out to a lot of different people who have similar buying habits. So yeah, lookalike audiences are pretty pretty good to and a good place to start. Um, interest targeting is also awesome if you don't know where to start. If you are selling <clears throat> dog products, again, you can target dog owners, you can target pet supplies. You know all this data through Facebook. So it's actually, it makes it amazing for someone who is just creating a, a brand new campaign. You have purchase behavior data, you have demographics, what job they live in, their household income, all of this, you have it, their relationship status. Whether they're a grandparent or not, you know this through Facebook and you can target those people specifically. You also know, you know different hobbies they like, interests, um, entertainment, food they like, all of that. So it's, it's pretty powerful. And lastly is audience insights, which I think is something that a lot of people don't use, but is super, super powerful. So if you have a fan page on Facebook, you can go into this back end and you can see exactly who your audience is that likes your fan page. You can see their lifestyle, how old they are, you can, what jobs they have, um, household income, all of that. This breaks it down and you can do this for uh, fan pages, you can do it for different audiences. So if you've saved an audience, you can break it down and look at it very closely and it just helps you target better so if you are noticing that if let's say you're broad targeting and you want to start narrowing it down just to start splitting up the audiences then you can create let's say um, people who are in administrative services just target them you're good and yeah it just helps you know who to target to so overall I think it's super important to test a lot of different audiences because you actually never know who is going to buy your product or respond to the ad that you've made. So yeah, there's lots of different options for targeting there. Um, so next up we have messaging, which is um, the kind of the features or benefits or the angles that you'll use to sell your product. So as an example here, I just picked a product which is Thai laundry detergents. And I put three example benefits here that they've been, they, they use on their website to sell their products. So we have Thai cleans deep and smells fresh. It has 10 times the cleaning power and it's free of dust, chlorine, phosphates, and optical brightness. So you can imagine that each of these benefits might appeal to different audiences. So for example, smelling fresh might appeal to a younger demographic. Um, 10 times the cleaning power might appeal more to parents with young children. Maybe they've got more of a mess to clean up. Um, free of dyes, chlorine phosphates might appeal to people with um, environmental interests. Um, so you should never just assume that you know what um, <coughs> angles to take in your marketing or what benefits to focus on, because different audiences might resonate with different um, with different marketing angles. 
So as an example of this, I worked with Jordan a few months ago, and um, he told me that he wanted to do Facebook ads, but he wasn't quite ready to go ahead with it, because first he wanted to redo his website based on a specific marketing angle that he felt was, um, he talked to a few of his clients and he heard that a few of them wanted to focus on this angle. Um, and I said, you know, let's test everything in advertising. So we wrote out a few angles, we tested them all, and we found that there were two specific benefits that were really, um, that really worked well in advertising, and it wasn't the one that he wanted to redo his website with. So instead of having to redo the entire website, um, he found that it was actually these other angles that were more effective. So Facebook can actually be used as a really powerful market research tool as well in terms of knowing what actual angles you want to take with your advertising or what people are actually interested in. Because a lot of the times, even your customers, if you ask them, they don't always know what exactly they're looking for in certain products. Um, so I have a few examples here just to kind of really illustrate this point of a company called Endy. They sell mattress in a boxes like um, Casper or something like that. Um, so here's a few example of ads that they're actually running right now. The first one takes kind of the local and social proof angle. So you can see they mention Canadians like three times. The ad is very Canadian focused. Um, this ad is clearly meant to appeal to people that are kind of interested in uh, kind of keeping up with the Joneses, um, an ad that is winning over Canadians, people that are more um, persuaded by a product that is um, clearly has a lot of social proof or that a lot of people are interested in. Next, we have a convenience angle. So they say, they talk about um, avoiding the headache of carrying a bed upstairs if you order a mattress in a box. And you can tell from the picture that it's probably targeted towards a bit of an older demographic. Um, so, you, so that angle, probably they found that angle works best with that demographic. Uh, next, we have value for price angle. So where else can you find a mattress that's comfortable for under $1,000? So that angle kind of focuses on, obviously, the value for price. And lastly, we have the free trial angle, um, where they say try ending your home for 100 banks if you're still not sure. So this angle is probably targeted more towards um, people that have already browsed the website, they've already been looking, and we're just kind of retargeting them to try to convince them to make that purchase. So you can see how the different, um, it's the same product, but they've used different marketing angles to try to reach different demographics and, and sell that to them. Um, and by the way, how I did this was you can go to any Facebook page and you can see what ads they are running. So if you just click on the three little dots and then click view ads, or sometimes it'll show up in your sidebar there. And this is something that I really encourage you to do if you're thinking of running ads, is go and look at your competitors and see what they're running. I think that a lot of marketers feel like they kind of need to um, do something super innovative or completely different, but you don't always need to reinvent the wheel, and a lot of the times just the basics work. And you can still take it, you can get inspiration from them, you don't have to copy them, but you can use it for inspiration and then kind of launch something in your own um, in your own brand and in your own voice. Can you learn um, from, like I see a report there, can you get data back on how their ads are performing? No, you can't. Um, you can only see it. It won't always show all the ads. It's very limited. It's not like that great of a, a 
it doesn't like show you everything, right? But it's it's a good place to start. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't show you like who they're targeting or anything like that. But I would say if they're running ads, if they're spending money on it, it's probably working for them. So something similar might be good to test. And then you have a good baseline for your testing as well. And, and then you can kind of expand out from there rather than just kind of trying to figure out what works completely on your own. Um, so my last tip is <laughs> something that I feel like um, a lot of people do when they test out Facebook advertising is they'll just launch a generic ad straight to their store. So they'll send people to their homepage or maybe like a, their, their online store. And I've really found that it's a lot more effective to pick one specific product and market that with your advertising. So here we have um, a cosmetic company that has a few different ads and they're sending you just to kind of like um, their, their overall website to browse through their products. You can imagine the people that are clicking through, they're just kind of browsing, they don't really know what they want, um, they're not going to be as likely to buy. Whereas if they had said, um, we have this lipstick, um, it's really great, it's longer lasting than most lipsticks, it's made of really high quality materials. You can imagine that the people that would click on that ad for that specific product are going to be a lot more qualified because they're really interested in that product. So someone that clicks on this ad for a specific product, um, well first of all I don't know who would click on that product, <laughs> but you know what you're getting when you click through on that. You know you're probably going to go to a product page for that item and then you're going to be prompted to add it to your cart and go ahead and make that purchase. So anyone that clicks is gonna be a lot more likely to um, actually convert and buy that product. So what's gonna happen is you're gonna be getting better quality traffic to your website with a higher conversion rate. And Facebook is also gonna learn better from that data because it's better quality users. And then they're gonna be able to target the ad better to people. Um, so this is uh, definitely my biggest tip in this presentation is focus on a specific product Yeah, so now we get to talk about some fun stuff, the creatives. Um, this, there's a lot of things to this, but I, the first thing is split testing. So if you're not split, split testing, you're not doing it right. <laughs> um, I went to a Facebook conference last fall, and I was listening to a story from Michelle Romano, a dragon from Dragon's Den, and she was on this board, and she said that she was working with a company who, they were kind of fighting, arguing, like, what font color do we use for this video? Do we want red? Do we want yellow, green? And she's like, guys, stop wasting your time, your resources. Just do them all. Test them all. It's cheap. Like, just do it all. You don't know what people are going to associate with. So, so that's, you know, basically test it all. Um, you can test videos. You can test images. You could test ad copy. So ad copy is, when I refer to this, it's headlines, your ad text. Anything, any words around the ad. Um, most traditional advertisers don't test a lot. So with Facebook advertising, we have the option to do so. You could see what messaging works with what image, what video. So let's say you're working and you're targeting a multi-level marketing interest group uh, versus a mommy bloggers group. You're gonna be using different videos, different creatives, everything, the messaging is going to be completely different. So that's something to keep in mind, is that just test everything. 
There's also lots of different ad types that we can use on Facebook. So there's the classic single images, your single videos, anything on Instagram that you see, it just that's usually a static image or a video. But then there's also the carousel, which you can see on the right. You know, you can see lots of different products. Um, and that, that works for some businesses, but it does not work for everybody. <laughs> I've tested it a lot. Um, with the collection ads, it's actually pretty cool. You get to create this canvas in between your ad and your, and your website. So it's this full screen experience. It shows you your products. It shows you this whole story you can write up. And it's kind of this in-between uh, area for to sell your products. So see what placements work and see what works with uh, what you're selling because you never know with, with ad types. Next, um, sizes. So this is where we test images and square videos versus vertical videos. So it started off with Facebook, you know, doing... They can, you can only do images on the left side here um, in the one size. So it's pretty small, it's pretty limited, but that's the only size you can do for images on Facebook. Um, where this, it used to be only be like that as well for videos. You could only do the landscape there, but then they changed it to the aspect ratio of square, one-to-one. -one. And that was awesome for advertisers because you could take up more of your screen um, more information, you know, they do often the meme bar videos, if you see those on Facebook, they have that. And then the most recent addition was the vertical videos, and I think this is an awesome one that a lot of people don't use, but you can actually use your iPhone to film a vertical video and it'll work perfectly. And it's amazing because it takes up your entire newsfeed. It, your whole ad is in front of them. They, can, they have to do a lot of scrolling to get past it. So it's it's really nice. Um, so I recommend you try it if you are going to be creating video ads. And, and then design. So this is a cool one because a lot of advertisers and graphic designers think, you know, it has to be perfect. It has to be this beautiful stock photo. <laughs> But in reality, if you're looking at these two ads, the stock photo is going to blend in with your news feed. It's not very exciting. Um, it looks, you know, pretty, but it's not capturing attention enough. So this is where a lot of advertisers now are turning to more of the raw images. So you can use your iPhone to take the photo. It doesn't need to be a professional photo shoot. Um, and this ad is also really enticing because you're like, what is she doing on her eyelid? You know, you want to read what weird makeup trick she's doing that really works. Like, you're looking at that and you get intrigued. So, um, that's kind of the raw versus stock photos side of things. Um, design used to be a lot less important um, in Facebook, but now, as Facebook has said, um, machine learning, algorithm changes, they're noticing the trend has changed, so people are now finally starting to buy products from more well-known brands, more well-designed brands, people that look professional. So this is where it didn't used to be as important, but now it's kind of time to start, start making your brand a little bit better. Um, yeah, 
so in our own advertising as well, we're noticing that uh, cartoon images and bright colors really are working right now. So uh, that's also something to consider. If you ever see like bright, colorful blocks, it might be because the trend is changing to people being more enticed to click on ads like that. So next is ad copy. And this is a fun one because you can add emojis to your ad text. And to your headlines, you can create more exciting, visual, appealing, um, you know, wording and messaging. And it's pretty cool because you can add it and it just kind of blends in with your ad text and everything, but it does create visual impact. Um, with your ad copy as well, so that's the text above your image, you can use long, you can try testing long versions versus really short to the point versions. And then you can try different angles, different copy variations, like do, are people more interested in testimonials? Are people more interested in a, a story? Uh, are they more interested in social proof? So thousands of people are using this, you should too. Or are they more interested in benefits? Things like that. So there's so many different ways you could use ad copy to completely change your messaging and um, entice people to click on your ad. So test all of it. Uh, and the last one I think is social proof. This one's, this one's good because basically whenever you see your friends who have liked this brand, have liked this person, you're more enticed to click on it. You trust them more. You trust that your friend has liked this um, and so you're probably gonna like it too. Um, yeah, and the kind of the same thing goes along with creatives. So if you have people liking and commenting and sharing your posts, that just creates that social proof and more people are likely to click on the ad and maybe buy the product if they've seen that thousands of people have already liked this and commented on it. It just creates more of a trustworthiness. So it helps ads with their cost and everything like that and it helps the brand uh, sell the product. So it works for everyone. Lastly, we have landing pages, which is the page that the user goes to after they click on the ad. This is often overlooked. People spend a lot of time on their ad, but they don't think about where they're sending the user after. And this is actually a really important part of your advertising as well. You can have the best ad in the world, but if you're sending people to a page that doesn't actually make them want to buy or doesn't provide a consistent user experience, then you're, they're going to drop off and all of that traffic will be for nothing. So the most, the biggest tip I have for landing pages is to provide a consistent experience from the ad to the landing page. So in this example, Fabletics is advertising a leggings deal, two for $24. And when you click on that ad, you come to this landing page, which has that deal front and center on the landing page. This is really important because if they had just sent the user to the website, the user would be like, okay, do I just like add these to my card and then they work, or do I need to have a coupon code? Or, and a lot of users are going to drop off if there's confusion there. This way, they land right on a page specifically for this deal. There's a button, get started, where they can start, they can pick out their leggings, they can check out, and they just, it walks them through the entire process of getting this deal. 
So this kind of goes back to what I was saying before about focusing on a specific product or offer rather than just sending someone to your website in general. Um, that being that, that specific really helps um, to keep the user focused rather than if you make them work for things or if you make them go and browse through your store and have to pick out what they want to buy, you're creating a lot more friction for them and there's going to be a lot lower of a conversion rate of people that actually go through and buy. So often this means that I'll be creating landing pages um, for my clients, like I'll create a lot of different landing pages for based on all the different angles that we're running just to test them and see if they're working. So it is a lot of extra work, but it does really um, improve the effectiveness of your advertising campaigns. And if you have a larger budget and you're sending quite a bit of traffic, you can even split test on your landing pages as well. So you're testing um, different different variations of the landing page to see what works best and what makes the user more likely to convert. Um, so those are our four pieces of the ad funnel that we feel like you should focus on. So audiences, um, you know, testing different audiences, trying to figure out what demographic resonates best, your messaging, figuring out what angles, what benefits people want to know, which products you're going to focus on, your creatives is like the images, text, um, different ad types that you're testing, and then the landing page, making sure that that is consistent with the rest of your advertising. Um, so yeah, basically, if you take one thing away from this presentation, test everything. Um, often what works changes all the time. Um, something that might have worked a few weeks ago doesn't work anymore, so you know, even we don't always know what the best thing is that should be run, so just test everything. Um, and figure out what works best for you. Uh, so that's our presentation. Um, this is our contact information. If you want to reach out to us, or feel free to come talk to us after the presentation if you have questions. Thank you. <laughs>
Um, just a note on the landing pages, I used to work at Unbounce, which is a landing page building platform. Um, in the case like that, where you're testing uh, versus sending directly to the app or to the landing page, yeah. uh, it depends on whether or not they're actually ready to download your app at the time. Exactly. If they need more convincing to download your app, like if they need to see what the other benefits are, yeah. uh, then a landing page works better. So yeah, that's exactly. why you should definitely yeah, test yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, the best analogy I can come up with is like, it's like going out on a first date with somebody and asking them to marry you on the first date. Exactly. Uh, they don't know enough about you yet, right? Exactly. So you've got to make sure. You've got to convince them. They want to go. Like, yeah. Like, but test them because they can go either way. Gotcha. Thank you very much. How long would you suggest to split test for? Does it depend on the app? It totally depends how much data you have. So basically, what what your budget is. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So you need to make sure that you have enough data to kind of make that decision. Um, if you only send like 100 people to your website um, and, you, and you've gotten like a couple sales, it's probably not enough to say which landing page is best, right? So yeah. it totally depends on your budget. I would, I would test a lot of the exact same set of creatives in every to every single audience and kind of see what resonates with each audience individually and then once you've tested it once, try it again. And if the same results happen, then it's good. But if it's kind of like you have to keep trying the exact same creatives maybe a couple times, and maybe like it'll only work one time like a fluke, but if it's consistent, then you know that's a good creative. Yeah. So you wouldn't worry about like annoying audience, like the same audience with a split tested ad? Um, well, if you have different messaging, then that's good. Uh, you can definitely, on Facebook, you can see the frequency of how many times you have targeted someone. So if you're targeting a broad audience, it's probably okay. You've got millions of people to hit with these new ads. If you're targeting a warm audience with, that's only like a couple thousand people, then you know, that's a different story because maybe they've seen the ad six times and then they're just sick of you. Mm -hmm. But that's where it is good to split test because then they're not seeing the exact same ad like many times from you, but maybe they'll see it in a different way with different words and maybe then they'll convert on a different messaging. Mm -hmm. so. Facebook will also handle that for you. So within your ad set, your audience that you're running, if you run a bunch of different ads, Facebook will, um, they'll know who's seen which ad already. So, and then they'll kind of learn if it's better to show the same ad to the same person or to show them different ads. And so Facebook kind of optimizes for you in that. Okay. Um, I feel like because there's so many different options on Facebook that you can test that it would be possible that you could continually dump money into these tests and get like zero results over like a period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, do you guys see that? And like, how would you recommend somebody starting out? Like, and you were talking about budget. Like, is a low budget okay to start out all these variables to figure out testing in the beginning? Um, I would start with like kind of a specific product, like I talked about. Yeah. Um, so pick one thing that you want to test. Um, looking at your competition, like I talked about, is good. Seeing what else is working on Facebook, that's a good way to kind of like jumpstart your testing because you know what if other people are spending money on this it's probably already working um, so that kind of gives you a bit of a, a at least like a benchmark for where to start yeah. um, with lower budgets testing is definitely going to be more difficult um, so I would say test less things then 
because if you have a lower budget and you're testing a lot of different things, you're not going to get any significant data on what's working. So just figure out what you feel are like the most important things to test and focus on those. Mm-hmm. Maybe just stick with one creative and then three different message, like ad copy versions. Okay. Um, just to keep it kind of simple, so you maybe just test like one thing at a time. So one video at a time, one ad copy version at a time. Okay. So just keep it simple so that you know what's working because you don't want to get lost either. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Any recommendations for good tools to use for creating, managing, measuring um, landing pages? Uh, Unbound, so yeah. it used to work as one. I haven't used that one. If you've used it, So what you're really looking for with A-B testing is you want to reach uh, statistical significance. So if you have a sample size of 10 people and only 10 people have clicked your ads, if seven of them clicked ad A and you know three of them clicked ad B, you might think, okay, great, like ad A is way better. But that's not enough 
it's not a big enough sample size to make that call. So it really depends on like how much your ads are, how much you've been spending, how many people are clicking through, how many people are buying. It's a really difficult question to answer for like how much money should I spend. Uh, spend enough to get a good answer to which uh, variable performs better. Yeah. So like 100 people? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, so if, if I were to give you um, like the, the actual answer, you'd be yeah. like, that, that's ridiculous. So to reach uh, stati statistical significance, sorry, um, you have to have like thousands, if not tens of thousands of people to make a statistical significance um, decision on which one is better than the other, to be absolutely sure. Obviously, we don't all have thousands or tens of thousands of dollars to spend on ad budget. So I would say, like, if you if you have, you know, two hundred clicks or two hundred views or two whatever, and one of them is clearly outperforming the other, like you can use your best gut judgment and make the call based on that. Um, you don't need to spend tens of thousands of dollars to get a okay. I'm very <laughs> sure varying A is performing better than varying B. And then the follow-up question to that, once you've done some testing and you have some really clear winners, do you have to keep testing all the time, do you think? Or Facebook will die. <laughs> you can't, I mean, you can have an ad running for maybe a month or two, you know, that's, that's nice. You're lucky if that happens. But Facebook's algorithm is changing all the time that you basically, if something is dying, you want to refresh the ad set, you want to refresh the creative add something new. Uh, it's it's such a hard thing because obviously you want it to just, you know, be floating along and working yeah. like a magic, but it's not like that on Facebook. It's always changing. So always yes. from, yeah. from Facebook's perspective though or from like the customer's perspective? What do you mean about the dying? Oh Facebook is just really finicky. <laughs> like oh okay. the results will go down. So yeah. you'll have to test something new. Yeah. Hmm. And kind of just to add to that, like if you could, if you split test the image and you decide which image works, you use that as a new control, split test the text, decide which text works, and your conversion might go from one to two, from two to four. So like it, it's still in your best interest to keep improving it, even if you think this app is perfect, it could be better. And you know, depending what audience you're hitting, maybe they like this messaging better. So it's, it's a tough one to answer, but it's why people are in their ad accounts daily, changing things mm -hmm. and adding things. I was going to kind of add to that, sorry to interrupt, but like, say like I have all these, like, I design my own like ads on Facebook, whatever, like, would you recommend just doing like, say daily? Because you always want to kind of switch it up and pull them with different kind of ads, whatever, not just the same boring ad every time. Mm -hmm. Can you link that all in one ad campaign and then have Facebook, like, like you said, like, switch it up and like send different ads out to different people, like, and just add like, say, three different, like, ads like you know and then combine them and then just make it one campaign instead of like all these different campaigns you gotta make yeah you can put like however many ads you want into one, one audience then, okay perfect and yeah. then it just sends it out uses it yeah it'll just, just pick recognize four. who's it sent to and then, yeah okay yeah perfect. yeah you can have more than one ad in one audience What are some of the, because you're talking about budget, what are some of the, or is it, is it a set price, or what are some of the factors that could affect potentially like how expensive an ad, running an ad can be? Um, yeah. What, what, what are the potential factors that could affect it? Uh, 
cheaper if people on Facebook love your ad because they want your ad on Facebook because it's providing a better user experience for people. So if people are reacting really well, they love it, they're clicking on it, they're buying, you can get really cheap costs, but if your ad doesn't resonate with anyone at all, they boring product, they don't like it, then it's gonna be a lot more expensive. Yeah, also um, different industries have different costs. So um, health industry versus tech industry versus food, they're all, each industry has like a different um, average kind of cost and it's called CPM, cost per impression. So um, yeah, that number just can change depending on industry. Also depending on what quarter it is. So um, Q1, like end of quarter one here, we just finished it. We noticed all the costs were rising because you know people want to use up their budgets. So all the costs were rising. Um, you go to December, Christmas time, the costs are rising because more advertisers are advertising. So it, yeah, there's, there's a lot of things that change the factor of like what price it is, so. Is it true that like Facebook recognizes like how much wording you're putting in the actual picture itself? Yeah. Because I heard like because when I like made my ads, whatever, they're like you say like Sarah's big blow sale, and you put it up there, and you got the headline, and you got to put the bottom and top. Yeah. It's better to kind of leave it blank and then put your description. Facebook has a testing. Yeah, I can actually. Like, you can like, submit kind of your ad. Like, like, yeah, they're testing. There's a twenty percent text rule, so you yeah, can't pass twenty percent. And there's a tool if you Google it. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can input your image, and it's been really buggy lately, but I'm sure it'll be fine. Sorry, what's the tool called? Facebook text overlay. Yeah. So I feel like there's um, there's some people here in the audience uh, that um, have played with, obviously, with Facebook ads, um, uh, and then there's some of us that uh, that haven't, and uh, and. Like my, I'm probably gonna sound stupid here, but my understanding before I started talking to you guys was um, uh, was that Facebook advertising was that boost button. But I'm understanding that's not the case. Yeah. That's like maybe the tip of the iceberg. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, I'm, I'm in the business of uh, advising clients and I don't actually do the work, I, I connect them to the experts that do. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so I'll be in a conversation with somebody that is is saying, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about Facebook advertising. So my advice to them is not to click that boost button. Yeah. Basically, is what I'm understanding. Is have, get them to have a conversation with somebody like yourself that will show them some of the tools that you're using and, uh, and, and strategies that you're using and you guys have nothing to do with that boost button. Yep, never touch it. <laughs> Boosting. Okay, so, Get them so, far. <laughs> so to talk about um, uh, what you, the conversations you're having around that. I'm sure you have an, you you are sitting there talking to a, um, uh, a bunch of people, a bunch of customers that have said, so I just click here, and you probably go, no, don't click here. <laughs> what does that conversation look like? I think it totally depends on um, who's advertising. If if you don't have a budget to hire someone to do your advertising, then I think the boost button can be a really, it, it really lowers the barrier to entry for people advertising on Facebook. If you don't have the budget to hire someone, that boost button allows you to, to do your own advertising as a small business owner or someone like that. So it can be, it, 
I think it's a positive thing because it, it allows anyone to advertise on Facebook. But then once it comes to like a lot more of the advanced stuff that we're doing, um, that yeah, definitely we don't use that at all. It's it's very basic. It's it's yeah. Can I give you an idea of what Boost is? Basically, um, Facebook is about interaction. So when you're talking about video and you're talking about doing ads, Facebook wants you to interact. They want people to interact with you. So the more people that comment on your ads or comment on your videos, the higher you rank. Mm -hmm. And that gets you more exposure. If you're not getting enough exposure with something, that's where you would use the boost button. So it'll give you a larger audience, but it'll cost you. So like when your friends are sharing the ad, that's free. Right. That's what, that's, you know, organic. That's what Facebook wants. Right. So okay. a boost is like paying for that organic. <laughs> right. Yeah. I see. Mm -hmm. And can, can data from Boost um, uh, help you uh, with, like, if, if somebody says, if it lowers the cost of the, or the barrier to entry and uh, businesses want to test, you know, um, uh, what their engagement might be on the <coughs> platform and they press that Boost button, can, can they get data that would help you when they, when they suddenly hit a barrier and they say, okay, I want to take this to the next level and... Uh, and I'm obviously going to need some professional help. Can you can you access that uh, data? Is it helpful to you at all, or is it tainted? Yeah, I wouldn't look at it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't know. Um, you can see insights through like the fan page, but I don't think it would really help that much because what basically you want to know what is your objective, and Boost Post is only post engagement. It's the one objective it has. If you want to actually sell something, create a conversion, or uh, web leads, webinar leads, video views, anything else, you want to use the advanced targeting because you just have a lot more options. And Facebook is really good at, if you want to create a conversion, they will put you in front of an audience that will give you a conversion. So it, like if you want to give them information, you ask for what you want, and they will give you what you ask for. So... That's why the boost button is not helpful because it's not target specific. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, another question, just really quickly. Uh, uh, very interesting on the uh, on the various different image sizes that are now available. Mm -hmm. uh, what is the um, what is the typical length for for video? Mm, thirty seconds. Not more than thirty seconds. People lose interest after three seconds. So if it's not enticing, then you know, there's no point in it. <laughs> yeah, so keep it short, especially like on Instagram and stuff. You know, 15 seconds is awesome. Um, Instagram stories can only be 15 seconds anyway, so the shorter, the better. Okay. Um, is Facebook Pixel, and sorry if I'm saying this wrong, I'm still new to it all. Um, is it always collecting data for you, um, whether you sign up or have like just a regular business page or have a business manager account? Like, is it always going for you, or do you have to like make sure that it's actually yep. collecting data? You have to install it on your website. Okay. Oh, right. And that's the only way that it works to collect yep. data. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you could see, like I was talking about audience insights and yep. stuff on your what on your fan page. Yeah. But you have to actually put it on there. On your website to connect it from like so it'll just follow your Facebook automatically to get more of the information from your actual website. You need to have it connected. 
yeah, if you are actually trying to make a sale or something like that on the website, then the pixel has to be on there. something like that? Is like a business product okay or does it be very consumer focused? Um, yeah, I guess that is where targeting comes into play. So there is so many different people selling different things on Facebook. Um, we've, we are mostly e-commerce, so uh, you know, tech gadgets or um, scrapbooking type stuff. Very like kind of, it's almost like niche specific is where it shows like a lot of promise. So if you're doing business to business, like selling something to a dentist, maybe that would be an awesome niche that you could look at. But yeah, there we've definitely noticed trends in like good industries. But it yeah, it just depends. <laughs> I would say overall B two B is a little more expensive mm -hmm. sure, than B two C. Yeah, yeah, it's just because it's smaller. I was just curious if users are receptive to a B2B message because Facebook's kind of social time. But. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think they are, but I think it will be more expensive. I could add to that. Think about who your audience is and trying to get their attention or they spend their spare time. So every human being just about has a Facebook account, probably in your target audience at least. Yeah. Um, so if you think that you could catch their attention on Facebook, use Facebook. But if you think you could catch it better somewhere else on a different platform, then use but most people have Facebook, so, mm -hmm. yeah. I can add to that. Webinars might work well for you. So if you're in B2B, you're sort of doing it as a lead gen play, so you have a face-to-face, one-on-one conversation. Mm -hmm. So you're sort of, it's easier for you to also break down the budget a little bit more, like as a lead voice to you in the B2B relationship, so. Facebook and then your ads managers like where you create the ads. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I would do it in your business manager if you can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you mean putting the the pixel? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Create your pixel <coughs> in your business. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Anything else? <laughs> All right. So uh, Julia is adventure marketing. Mm -hmm. And Leah is Loop Digital Marketing, and uh, you guys are going to be uh, sticking around for. We're we're here for about another forty-five minutes. So another great thing about Mad Nights is you get to connect with other marketers and designers in the business and uh, meet people. And uh, hey, what do you do? And what do you do? And uh, hey, I might need help with this, and I got a client that might need this. So uh, meet each other, get to know each other, uh, see how you can help each other out. Um, I'd like to uh, especially thank uh, Shane Austin and Colab for allowing us to uh, be here tonight. Uh, and uh, if you want to know anything about, uh, about Colab, um, uh, please uh, seek Shane out and uh, he'll give you a tour and, uh, and set you up with a cool desk surrounded by cool people and you'll do great work. Um, uh, I don't think there's uh, anything else. Uh, thank you so much. Oh, yeah. If anybody has Shopify experience, that's a uh, challenge. 
Awesome. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Julia.